Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Midweek Report. I'm your host, JWR. First, China launched more military drills near the Taiwan Strait in response to a delegation of U.S. lawmakers visiting Taiwan. On Monday, the Chinese military confirmed that they had coordinated multi-service joint combat readiness exercises and other combat drills. The exercises involved the Chinese Navy and Air Force. Top officials in the CCP, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, claimed that the U.S. delegation, led by Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey, came to the island nation sneakily and in violation of China's territorial integrity. Wang Webin, a spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in China, spoke on the topic. China will take resolute and effective measures to safeguard its national sovereignty and territorial integrity. A few U.S. politicians can connive, uh, connive with the separatist forces of Taiwan independence and attempt to challenge the one China principle, Webin stated. This goes beyond their own abilities and is doomed to failure. In the meantime, Senator Markey stressed that the goal of his trip was to promote peace across the Taiwan Strait with America's allies. Additionally, the Biden administration has maintained its commitment to the Taiwan Relations Act, which treats Taiwan as a territory of China. The act allows for separate diplomatic and military partnerships. Next, promises made, promises promised continues to be the Biden administration's foreign policy approach to the Middle East and Central Asia. This comes as the White House has promised to get Iran to come back to the 2015 nuclear deal and rescue U.S. allies still trapped in Afghanistan. During a press conference Monday, State Department spokesperson Ned Price made more demands to the Iranian regime in its latest effort to resurrect the failed 2015 nuclear deal. Price stressed the Ayatollah has to stop making last-minute and impossible demands back to the U.S., which is, which is a tactic that has stalled negotiations between the two adversary, adversary countries. We've been clear about what a return to mutual compliance with the JCPOA, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, would look like, he stated. There are issues that the Iranians have put on the table that are clearly extraneous, extra, extraneous to the four corners of the JCPOA. Every time they have done that, we have made very clear that the JCPOA is about one thing and one thing only, about Iran's nuclear program, and we are prepared to negotiate one thing and one thing only. His remarks come as Iran has asked the Biden administration to lift several sanctions imposed by 45th President Donald Trump. Diplomats uh, capulated in part to these demands including waiving sanctions on Iran's civil nuclear activities that weren't connected to its nuclear weapons program. However, more officials entrenched in the national security apparatus were more reluctant to appease Iran's demands to take the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps off the list of terrorist organizations. The group has been suspected of launching devastating attacks on behalf of the Ayatollah in Israel and Yemen, the IRGC, also reportedly has been linked to the attack on author sales on author Salman Rashidi uh, in New York last week. Despite Iran's claim that it had nothing to do with the attack, the State Department said it will not tolerate any attack on free speech. It's depicable 
Despicable, sorry, it's despicable, it's disgusting, we condemn it, Price explained. The secretary yesterday in his statement while noting that the investigation is ongoing made the point that Salman Rashidi uh, has been under threat for decades now and it is no secret that the Iranian regime has been central to these threats against his life over the course of years now. We have heard Iranian officials seek to incite the violence over the years, of course, with the initial fatwa, uh, but even more recently with the gloating and that has taken place in the aftermath of this attack on his life. This is something that is absolutely outrageous. It's despicable. And we want it to be very clear that it is not something that we can tolerate. Meanwhile, the State Department spokesperson said Biden diplomats will work tirelessly with European partners to make sure that the latest EU draft of a nuclear deal is acceptable to all sides. He also touted the Biden administration's stance on Iran will never produce a nuclear weapon. We seek to have reimpo we seek to have reimposed once again to see to it that Iran's nuclear program is no longer able to gallop forward. Prices, uh, prices stated, Iran can no longer march forward towards a breakout time that is growing shorter and shorter, and as and as it does so, acts with greater impunity around the world. State Department spokesperson also touched on the developments of the crisis in Afghanistan one year after the botched withdrawal began. Price, like many in the Biden administration, deferred responsibility back to the Trump administration that had been out of power for months. He claimed the current administration inherited the timeline to exit, exit the country and continued to echo the debunked claim that it was, uh, was wither pull out fully or send in more troops. However, but he did say that at the end of the day, it was Joe Biden who made the final call. And ultimately, as we know, President Biden made clear that he was not willing to continue with an open-ended military commitment where more than uh, 4,500 or nearly 2,500 American service members uh, had paid the ultimate sacrifice, he noted. More than $2 trillion in investment had been made, and we had had this agreement that in many ways preluded a fuller set of options and an agreement that had been in place for some time. Price went on to say there is still a lot of work to do to get persecuted minorities out of Afghanistan and out of reach of the Taliban. Over the weekend, many foreign policy experts, including ranking member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee Michael McCall, reminded Americans that the State Department promised allies to American forces uh, that they would be able to escape along with American forces and diplomats. They lamented those allies are being hunted down, tortured, and killed. However, the State Department is hoping their pledge will come into fruition as it claims it is still working with partners in the region to help all Afghans. Next, former Congressman T.J. Cox uh, has been arrested by FBI. He was arrested on Tuesday morning in Fresno, California. According to court documents, Cox was charged on 15 counts of wire fraud, 11 counts of money laundering, one count of financial institution fraud, and one count of campaign contribution fraud. Cox represented California 21st Congressional District uh, from January 2019 to January 2021.
Next, yesterday, in 1977, the music world lost one of its biggest stars. Here's more on uh, Elvis Presley's career and why he's still considered the king 45 years after his death. In just 42 short years, Elvis Presley transformed rock and roll in America, while his famous uh, Tennessee mansion is still an ongoing symbol of his life. Elvis's journey began in Tupelo, Mississippi in 1935, far from the glitz and glamour of Graceland. At age 19, Presley, who had been working as a truck driver, decided to give music a chance. He paid $4 to record a few songs at a, a Memphis studio. Studio's owner, Sam Phillips, liked what he heard and released a single of Elvis, uh, sorry, released a single of Elvis singing That's Alright and Blue Moon of Kentucky on his label, Sun Records. Songs were a hit by regional standards, and Phillips eventually sold Presley's contract to RCA for $35,000. Presley's first RCA release was Heartbreak Hotel. That song skyrocketed Elvis' career and helped turn him into a superstar. His appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1956 only boosted his appeal to young audiences of parents, protested his dance moves because they deemed them to be sexually suggestive. 1956 also marked Presley's first film role as he starred in Love Me Tender. Elvis started an 18-month army term in 1958. He was ultimately discharged as a sergeant in 1960. For the rest of the decade, Elvis appeared in more than two dozen movies, some of his most famous movies including King Creole, G.I. Blues, Blue Hawaii, Fun in Acapulco, Acapulco and Viva Las Vegas. The King of Rock and Roll married Priscilla Ann Bailiou on May 1st, 1967. The two exchanged vows and at an intimate ceremony in Las Vegas. The couple first met in 1959 when overseas in Germany, Priscilla's father was an Air Force captain and she lived on base. Elvis was serving in the Army at the time. The couple had one child together, Lisa Marie Presley, was born on February 1st, 1968. One of Elvis's most famous musical performances, the Elvis 68 Comeback Special, premiered the December of that year. The, uh, the hour-long TV special, then dubbed Elvis, was the singer's return to music. The performance proved to be the uh, be the public that the that the then 33-year-old still had his magical stage presence. Uh, it was his first live performance after seven years of being in the film industry. On July 31st, 1969, Elvis started a seven-year-long residency in Las Vegas. Residency was at the International Hotel, which is now known as the Las Vegas Hilton. There, he would often perform two shows per night. In total, he played 636 shows in Las Vegas. Every single show would sell out. In his final years, he had become reclusive, gained weight, and became addicted to prescription drugs. Presley died of heart failure in 1977, but more than four decades later, his popularity is stronger than ever. A movie based on his life was released in June 2022. It's titled Elvis. The film is directed by Australian writer and director Baz Luhrmann. Austin Butler stars in the leading role. The blockbuster has been a worldwide success. So far, it has accumulated $261 million at the box office. Many of Elvis's fans traveled to Memphis, Tennessee to get a glimpse of the King's famous residence. At peak tourist time, more than 4,000 daily visitors tour his Graceland home. 
Many fans return to his house every August 16th for a vigil to honor the late singer. So while he died on this, or yesterday in 1977, Elvis's continued popularity gives new meaning to the phrase, The King is dead, long live the king. Next, back to the serious stuff. The magistrate judge is set to hold a hearing to decide whether they will unseal more documents in relation to the search warrant used on Mari Lago. Judge Bruce Reinhardt will hold the hearing Thursday in regard to service, uh, several media outlets' request for the pro uh, probable cause affidavit and other information that uh, to be made public. The Department of Justice opposed the release of the warrant affidavit, claiming it could hamper witness cooperation and the confidentiality of grand jury proceedings. According to the agency, the affidavit details the, arg the argument investors investigators made to the judge explaining the probable cause they had to search the home of 45th President Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Trump is calling for the immediate release of the unredacted affidavit. While taking the True Social Tuesday, he continued to rail against the FBI raid on his estate. Trump called for transparency and said the search was unjustifiable. He also said the judge on this case should recuse himself. There is no way to justify the unannounced raid of Mar-a-Lago, the home of the 45th President of the United States, who got more votes by far than any sitting president in the history of our country, uh, by a very large number of gun-toting FBI agents and the Department of Justice. Uh, but in the interest of transparency, I call for the immediate release of the completely unredacted affidavit pertaining to this horrible and shocking break-in. Also, the judge on this case should recuse himself. Uh, that's what uh, Donald Trump said on Truth Social. Recently, the Department of Justice decided to keep the details of the raid of the raid private from the media. This has caused lawmakers from both parties to raise questions about the investigation into the former president. Federal authorities returned three of Trump's passports taken during the raid. According to a report citing a Justice Department official Monday, passports were given back to the former president after they were taken last week. This came after the passports were not identified on the property receipt from last week's search. A spokesperson for the FBI released a statement on the Bureau's practices saying the agency returns items that do not need to be retained for law enforcement practices. Two of Trump's passports taken were reportedly expired. Next, and finally, the Food and Drug Administration delivered a historic final ruling that could lower the cost of hearing aids for millions of Americans. The decision on Tuesday would allow those with mild to moderate hearing loss to buy hearing aids without a prescription beginning in mid-October. The move is expected to lower overall market costs and will be sold online and in stores. This comes as the FDA believes millions of Americans aren't wearing hearing aids due to the cost and accessibility. With the over-the-counter market, these devices are intended for adults only with mild to moderate hearing loss and that is self-perceived, explained Barbara Kelly, Executive Director of the Hearing Loss Association of America. So this is a brand new avenue that was not even open before because traditionally you go to a hearing health care specialist or an audiologist or even a doctor to get a prescription for a hearing aid. Those who have more severe hearing loss will still need a prescription. 
And that concludes the midweek report. I've been your host, JWR. And remember, stay informed, stay involved, keep America first. And I will see you all Sunday. <laughs>